guys. Welcome back to the Forking Wellness Podcast. My name is Barry Strickoff, Registered Dietitian. And I'm Sophie Bertrand, Registered Nutritionist, and we are the authors of the Forking Wellness book and obviously the Forking Wellness Podcast. Each week we sit down and we discuss all things health and wellness from debunking diet myths to nutrition information, lifestyle factors, etc. Stick with us while we try and work out what the Fork Wellness really is. I don't even know what we do. This week's episode is sponsored by Unrooted, a young and exciting brand who are passionate about the environment and promoting a healthy way of life. Unrooted is a drinks brand with a range of five vegan shots and they use Baobab at the center of all their products. The names of their delicious drinks are Baobab Boost with Baobab, Lemon and Passion Fruit, ACV Defense with Apple Cider Vinegar, Ginger, Spirulina and Coconut Water, Mighty Ginger with ginger, chili, and pineapple. Pom Passion with pomegranate and cinnamon, which is actually my favorite. And CBD with cucumber and mint. Unrooted works alongside communities and organizations in Zimbabwe and South Africa to support sustainability, employment, and education. And all their shots are available on delivery if you're in Whitechapel or Battersea. The shots are available in Sainsbury's, Holland and Barrett, Selfridges, Planet Organic, and more. You can follow them on Instagram at Unrooted Drinks, Facebook at Unrooted Drinks, and check them out at unrooteddrinks.com. If you would like to place an order, you can use code FORKING20 for a 20% discount on their website. Hi, guys. Welcome back to this week's episode of Forking Wellness Podcast. Today, we have one of my oldest and dearest friends, Emily, on the podcast, and we're going to talk all about Botox and fillers and all that stuff. Hi, Em. Hey. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. So excited to have you on. Um, probably all our <laughs> listeners know that I'm obsessed with skin health, and then like we're just going to take it to the next level and talk about <laughs> injectables. <laughs> okay, awesome. I'm sure like you guys go into depth with like how food affects your skin and your gut and yeah. all that good stuff. So this is kind of just like, yeah, the next level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a bit of enhancement. Um, yeah. But tell us a bit about you, how, like what you do and mm-hmm. everything and how you got to kind of like where you are today. Okay. Well, I feel like I have done so much. I've been a nurse for like five years and I just became a nurse practitioner um, I don't know if you guys, is that like a thing in, in London? No, no, I, I don't, think it is. I don't think it is. There's so many different levels of like medical yeah. professionals, just because I think the way that like socialized healthcare versus like, I don't know, like insurance and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So like, we don't even have, yeah. So explain what a nurse, <laughs> yeah. like, I know it is, but you explain. Right. Okay. So pretty much back and like going way back, like sixties or seventies, there was just like a shortage of primary care doctors. A lot of people wanted to become like specialists, make more money. So they started a nurse practitioner program. And essentially it's, you have to be a nurse. So it's just like, I guess you can say a level up. I hate that word, but it's, you can prescribe, you can, you're almost like a doctor. You see your own patients. I know it it varies from state to state, but like in New York, I can have my own practice. I can practice independently. Um, so it's, and I hate saying it's like a doctor because, you know, we're mm. our own provider, but essentially it's kind of like what a physician assistant is. It's just a different way of training. It's more like a nursing style than um, a medical model, but essentially we are practitioners that can see patients and prescribe. We don't need a doctor's order. Um, so yes, yeah, I just graduated with that. 
And I've worked inpatient at the hospital. I've done like labor and delivery. I've done mother baby. I've done all that stuff. And then about like four years ago, I was like, I'm so interested in Botox and skincare. I am just going to try to apply to every like dermatology office in New York city and just like call them and see if they will give me a chance. Cause it's so hard to get in without so any experience. Yeah. Especially in the city. It's yeah. like the Mecca of that. <laughs> I have so, a question uh, for you. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. cause we grew up together for anyone. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I specified that in the beginning of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I remember, like, I always had really bad skin. I still struggle mm-hmm. with my skin. Um, and I remember mm-hmm. when you were younger, you, you were on like some medicine. I don't know why I remember this weird thing stuck, stick in my head. Um, yeah, but when we went on our teen tour, you had this like formulated doctor prescribed like medication for your mm-hmm. skin. Um, that was like bespoke to you. I remember you're like, my dermatologist made this. Um, oh yes. I remember that. Is this like, was your skin journey like part of what made you interested in dermatology or no, that was like totally like I think kind of, I think when I was younger, I was also just always like obsessed with my skin. Like I would go to the doctor if I had a little pimple and I'd be like, my skin is so bad. She would be like, no, you're you, compared to like teenagers that I see like your skin is fine. But I think I've just always been not like obsessed with skin, but just like interested in it. And I'm one of those people that, like loves like, pop pimples I think just like dermatology in general I've just been interested in and then just watching people on Instagram like even just watching like um the gua sha videos and just oh, watching yeah. people do the, like their skincare and their regimen and I've always just been interested in that and I've always just loved like a glowy just like not, when people are like oh like I feel like you have such nice skin like that's such a big compliment like, oh my god it's like yeah. the biggest compliment ever <laughs> I know <laughs> so like, oh, I have I my know. skin I'm like you're my best friend <laughs> Yes, exactly. Tell me more. Say rather, again. Yeah, like if someone's like, "Oh, you have nice hair or nice eye, like whatever." Oh, you looks like you're in good shape. I'm like, no, I want people to tell me like I have good skin. That yeah. is yeah. like the <laughs> ultimate compliment. You're um, in the right company. Yeah, yeah. So I think I've just always like, yeah, like you said, just been interested in it, and. I know yeah so pretty much I was calling every dermatologist no one would take me and then finally this guy was like I this one not this guy but this one dermatologist on the Upper East Side he was just like I think you know I'm like so impressed that you've done this I think it's so easy to train someone who is like smart and hardworking, which is clearly like what you are and he just kind of gave me a shot and I was supposed to be trained and then the, one of the nurses I guess once I was hired she like quit the next day so I like barely had any training. It was just kind of watching and learning and going with it. it. He also did a lot of skin cancer stuff, which I thought was interesting. So mm-hmm. I learned a lot about that, but he kind of like taught me the ropes. And then I didn't really like the environment after a while. So I left there and then I got a job completely like opposite side of the spectrum. This, this was like very by the book, posh, high end um, clients. He didn't take insurance. So everything was like cash. And he was also doing like liposuction. He was like more like cosmetic surgery, dermatology. And then I went to work at a Medi spa where like, I was the only person there when I worked on Mondays, like it was only me, there was no one else. (laughs) So if someone, if there was like an emergency, it was only me. There was supposed to be like a doctor, but they weren't really around. It was 
bad for my license, but great for experience. Like I learned so much there. Cause if someone came in and was like, I want this done, I couldn't really ask someone, Oh, can you come look at this? Like it was all me. Mm. So I felt like that was a good experience. I was also on the Upper East Side in Manhattan and then the pandemic hit and they closed, unfortunately. So then I don't know if you guys have heard of alchemy. It's like one of those new like skin places. They're like, there's a bunch of them in LA and I worked there like part-time, like once in a while, maybe like once a month. And I love it. Like, I think the environment is great there. Um, It's very supportive. So I've kind of like done everything where I've been on my own, where I've been in great environments. And now that I'm a nurse practitioner, I decided to start my own company. I rent space at a spa in the financial district called Sacred Skin Care. It's amazing. I love it there. And then I also do like home calls and it's called like video visits. Like do you guys have like telehealth? Yeah. So I work with a doctor and we can like telehealth with him if I have a client. So I do like Botox parties and home stuff and just trying to go from there. So it's been, I've done pretty much, I've done it all. So I feel like I've learned- a lot along the way Amazing. and that was a long winded answer but yeah <laughs> so interesting <laughs> I was gonna say like I feel like there was a big thing in the UK I don't know if it's the same mm-hmm. in America but like you don't actually need to be like qualified to give mm-hmm. Botox and fillers and it's really kind of easy and accessible what's mm-hmm. like the law if that's the right term in regards yeah, to like no, practicing in America yeah it's weird that you said that because I had a client the other day and I told her that I work in the hospital part-time and then I also do this she was like well why do you do Botox and fillers can't anyone do that and I wanted to say did you just think I was like some random yeah. <laughs> like, found on the street to like inject your face oh my gosh no way so you have to be a nurse in some states in New York, you actually have to be a nurse practitioner or a physician assistant. Um, nurses actually can't even inject Botox or filler. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in my train, I did a training class after I graduated from nursing school. It was in filler and Botox. There's no actual training in school, but mm-hmm. in my class were like doctors, dentists, nurses, nurse practitioners, and physicians assistants. I think those are the only people I don't know if chiropractors can, um, but I know that that like subgroup of practitioners can. So you have Maybe to have like more... some type of license, or, but I don't know. I think it's more regulated there because I swear there's mm-hmm. um, the, the spa that I have here, um, mm-hmm. like near me. Um, I swear she's just like an esthetician and she does it like. Yeah, see that I don't think uh, is right. Okay. <laughs> no, I agree. I would never get it done <laughs> yeah. by someone like that. But like, I see it here. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. no, I agree. Well, I think an esthetician might be okay. I don't know their training. I work with a nurse. She's also an esthetician and she went back to be a nurse to like do um, Botox and filler. I work with her at Sacred Skin Care, but I don't know. Like, I just feel like I'd want someone who knows like the anatomy. 100%. And- yeah. Just like, yeah, I don't know. But it is so funny because so many people will be like, oh, well, I go to this like plastic surgeon for my Botox or yeah, I go to this. There are a lot of different people that can specialist. do it. Yeah. And I'm like, at the end of the day in medical school, in nursing school, in whatever school, you don't learn how to like do Botox or filler. It's all after the fact. So like yeah. in my training class, I was with these plastic surgeons and these, you know, mm-hmm. dermatologists. So it's not that they're like better at it. I guess it's maybe just more practice, but I always tell people like, if you go to a plastic surgeon, 
like at least this is from my experience. This is what I like believe. I'm also a nurse. So I'm a little biased, but if <laughs> I'm a nurse and I'm working in like a plastic surgery office or a dermatology office, I'm going to see the patients that are probably getting Botox and filler because the doctor is seeing the patients that are getting the breast surgery, the nose jobs. I can't do that as a nurse and they can. Mm -hmm. And if a nose job is going to get them like $40,000 for some Botox that might only get them like $1,000. It seems, seems like a lot of money, but for them, like $1,000 versus $40,000, obviously they're going to take these other cases. So like the nurses or the PA or the NP is really the one that's doing all the Botox, all the fillers. So at the end of the day, they probably have more experience just from doing it more. So I always say, don't like always poo-poo the nurse and be like, oh, I go to this plastic surgeon or mm, this you know, dermatologist. Point. Like I think nurses and nurse practitioners can be just as good, if not better at their craft, just from doing yeah. it so much. Amazing. Good to know. Um, yeah. So what I mean, I know, and I think Barry knows as well, but for anyone who doesn't, what is the difference between Botox and fillers? Yeah. So Botox is actually a brand name. Um, it's like the botulin toxin, which is the actual product. And there's different brands. There is Botox, there's Dysport, there's Zeomin. Um, so that is actually a substance that will paralyze your muscle. Um, so it prevents it from moving. Um, I always tell people like Botox from the eyes up. Of course, you can put like Botox in other places in your face. Some people do it for like TMJ to make your mm. jaw smaller. If you have, if when you smile and you get like a gummy smile on your um, gum show, you can put a little Botox like under your nose to fix that. These are like all off-label uses. Um, but you can... I say Botox, it's the branding, but you can use any of those neuromodulators. That's what they're called to do that. Fillers fill. Um, I always say think like eyes down for filler. So if you have like deep lines in your nasolabial folds or you have deep, um, they call them like marionette lines, smokers lines, um, on like deep bags under your eyes, you use the filler, which is like a hyaluronic acid um, to fill it. So when I first put it in or any injector first puts it, puts it in, it's a substance you're filling. So it'll get bigger, but the product actually absorbs its weight in water. And so that's how over time, like usually around two weeks, it'll expand. So anything oh, wow. like that's a deep fold, you put it in and then it absorbs its weight in water and expands. So the Botox is like paralyzing your muscle and the filler is actually filling either like something like a deep line. That's I don't know so how you feel Barry but I feel like filler is so much less scary because it's hyaluronic acid right which we already have in our skin anyway mm. so it's like a less alien product and then mm. like the idea of like I mean I'm not against Botox and I probably will get mm. it at some point down the line but the, <laughs> the the term kind of like paralyzing the muscles in your face seems like a little mm. bit scary I don't know I kind of feel like <laughs> I was like no sign me up <laughs> I feel I the actually, opposite. I feel I the opposite as well. Yeah, I feel the opposite. So Botox does not scare me. All my friends have Botox. Like my, like everyone I know in mm. America and a lot of people here, to be honest, have Botox. Mm -hmm. Filler scares me because I think, I mean, Emily, you'll know this. I think it's more dangerous to inject, um, mm. but I'm scared because it also changes the shape of your face. And like, you can't predict it. Like if I look in the mirror and like put a really nice filter on myself, like I know what I will look like without facial movement. Like I know if I smile, yeah. I can like picture myself without those crow's feet, without like mm -hmm. crazy far head movement. And then like when I picture filler, like I just, 
was obviously the Kardashian reunion was just on and like everyone grilled yeah. Chloe about what she had done. She's like, oh, just like a nose job and filler. And it's just like, your face that's has completely, yeah, that's a lie. But like, <laughs> I feel like filler scares me a bit more because I feel like it can change the shape of your face. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why that scares me more. Like, I can't picture it. Like, I don't know what I would right. look like if I had like filler in my cheekbones and like, I know like all the big celebrities, how they change the shape of their faces. They just add filler, but like that kind of scares me actually just not, not scares me. Like I would never do it. I'll probably do it. But like, I'm just saying, like, I don't know what it would look like. (laughs) And it's so funny. Like your, both of your like reasons for being like afraid or of one over the other. Mm -hmm. And as an injector, I would say, I think Botox is not necessarily safer, but like, it's much harder to mess up if that makes sense. And if you do, if an injector does mess it up, like how you guys have estheticians who are doing Botox or just like random people on the street. (laughs) I feel like it's, I would think it's okay for them to do Botox, but filler, it's like, if you mess up filler or inject filler in the wrong spot, you can run into a serious problem. Like if you inject in a blood vessel and don't stop and just keep injecting the filler, you'll run into a big problem where Botox, oh, yeah. it's so superficial. You don't have that problem. And let's say your injector injects you too low or injects too much. And you get like an eyelid drop, like that girl on Instagram who was like blowing up over this. It'll go away in like a month or two. It's not permanent. The filler is much more permanent. Yes, you can dissolve it, but you can't like stop it if it's if you have what's called an occlusion so it's not that it's scary like as an injector everything I do is to prevent these things you're always supposed to pull back when you inject make sure there's no blood in the syringe you're always supposed to feel and you know you should know as an injector the anatomy of the face so I don't really get nervous about that stuff because I know I'm practicing the right way but I just have never heard of someone being like oh my god this crazy story about Botox where I've heard like crazy stories about filler Mm, that's that's really insane. Interesting. Yeah. And when, like, carry on. I'm sorry. No, no I was <laughs> going to say the filler. I get what you mean. Like it is when I sell, try to sell people and I'm like, oh yeah, like it's a natural product occurs in the body and Botox, you're telling someone it's like a bacteria that they harvest mm. and it like, like, yeah, from the wellness, like that kind of standpoint. Yeah. That does kind of sound like you're putting something gross, but there's no harm. Like there really is nothing. It's not harmful to you. If that makes sense. And what about like those celebrities that you see who mm. have had like air quotes, like too much Botox or too much filler? Yeah. Is that yeah. just too much Botox and filler or have they had other mm. procedures as well? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's a combination of both. I think that I see this a lot with people who just keep coming like every week. I think after you get so much work done, your like image of yourself changes. Mm. Like you're, you, you almost get like a distorted like what you look like, it becomes distorted. So now you're always chasing higher cheeks, bigger lips. Like now you're normal. Your baseline isn't thin little lips anymore. Your baseline is big lips. And now you want to go bigger and bigger. You want your cheeks bigger and bigger. You want, so I think that it just like, yeah, you just like lose sight of what you actually look like. And I think that also a lot of it is, you know, as a, provider if someone came there's been plenty of times where I'm like I will not touch your face mm-hmm. I think you have too much fun so but that's just yeah. me some prov- yeah some providers will just be like okay more I'll do whatever you want more 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 and even if 
Like people are always like, I don't want to look crazy. I'm like, well, as your injector, I don't want to make you look crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like who you don't want your face. And I don't want my name on that. Yeah. So. <laughs> you don't want them being like, oh my God, where'd you get that done? Yeah, like, exactly. Like <laughs> yeah. Like I feel like my motto is less is more. Like yeah. you can do so much with so little. Yeah. And I feel like I to overdo it, it just looks crazy. But I think also with celebrities, a lot of it is also maybe like what they think it looks like on camera versus, you yeah. know, what it looks like in person. I think there's a little bit of that. And just, I, yeah, I've seen some bad work. And sometimes I just yeah. wonder like what they see when they look in the mirror. Mm. So like, sorry, I was going to say theoretically, if you don't like it, it mm-hmm. wears off in like what, one to two years. And then does your face go back to normal or is the point? Is there a point where you actually have too much that your face won't go back? Is that a stupid question? Yeah, so I think, no, not at all. So I think Botox, it'll wear off. It can wear off in like two or three months. If you like really try hard to make the movements, like oppose those frozen muscles, I think you could like really work it off in like three months. Filler is a little different. It's like in different places. Like your lips won't last as long as your cheeks. And there's even been studies that show under eye filler can last for like 10 years. So yeah. Yeah. So when people like go back after two years to inject and then you inject over like old filler that's there that maybe you don't Mm. think is there. Like, I think that's where you can run into problems, but, um, yeah, like I think eventually it would wear off theoretically if these people are only doing filler and Botox. But I think that there's these people that have so much are getting like facelifts and threads and mm. there's always some new oh, yeah, the threads. procedure I, yeah. literally, I, was gonna, I was gonna get a thread lift and then they like fully explained oh, really? it to me and I was like okay I'm not gonna get a thread lift <laughs> I'm la- I've done like the small threads on people I think they're a little bit of a waste um personally oh, really? the big the big threads that you have that I would not do on someone I would tell you to go to like a plastic surgeon those are good but those are like big that's scary yeah. I can see yeah, why no, scary. you backed out of that yeah 100 yeah god knows oh my god if you yeah. actually we were having this conversation I was like yeah. <laughs> like pushed back in the wind that's so funny anyone um, that can't see us I just pulled my face right back I know and I think that's also a misconception though with Botox and fillers is that it's not zero or 100 you don't have mm. to be like all greatly or be like pushed back like Catwoman there is yeah like a happy medium like even with me like I have Botox in my forehead and I can still like move my eyebrows like I don't feel mm. like I look frozen no there it's like a it's like a spectrum you don't have to yeah like be completely frozen or look crazy you can do it like naturally and nicely and yeah. I think that's where people I think um you know there's a bit of a misconception there like yeah. if I get Botox I'm gonna look crazy I'm gonna look fake and I really think good Botox is the opposite it's when people don't even know you have it yeah mm. that's like 100 isn't it you said yeah. something there that I like feel really stupid for not knowing lip filler. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. like filler that you put in your face. You just put it in your lips. Yeah. There's oh, I different, didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. There's so each there's different types of fillers that have different like viscosities, like thickness and the way they work. Some of them are more, are easier. Like I can maneuver them better with my fingers. Like what I put in your cheeks, I'm not going to put in your lips, but it's Got all it. essentially filler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Types. Yeah. Um, it's not like Botox is just like one size fits all. Got it. Um, that mm-hmm. makes sense. The thing mm-hmm. that all my friends are talking about is mm-hmm. preventative Botox. I, I want to know yeah. this. 
how soon yeah. do I need it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like how, 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 yeah. How, what stage is it prevention? And then what stage is it like remedying? Um, yeah, but like, right. what is preventative Botox? And like, if we start, can we never stop? Kind yeah. Of or do we wait till we have a proper wrinkle to get rid of? Yeah. Right. Okay. So <laughs> yes. I will. So nothing while you're pregnant or breastfeeding. Okay. That is like a major <laughs> no-no. So you and is that both that. Botox and filler you can't have whilst you're pregnant? Or yeah. I wouldn't do any of that while you're I mean, I'm not in a hurry to have it for anyone that's listening. It actually sounds like I'm yeah. about to like, take a trip. But <laughs> um, I'm just thinking oh, for further down the line. <laughs> yeah. I'm just being um, So I think, yeah, you got to know what's you know your future. So yeah. I think that um preventative Botox is like awesome. I guess that is like the new word or like baby Botox, they call it. Oh my god. Um essentially like what yeah, they call it like baby Botox. It just um, sounds so but funny. I think it's great. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. Like I think I don't think you can be too young. Of course, if you come to me and you're like 19 years old, I mean there are models in New York City that we would do Botox and they were well, 19. That's years really old. young. Yeah, it is really young. Um, but they wanted to like prevent it. So essentially what I'm doing before you have any like deep lines at rest, I would consider that like preventative Botox. And essentially what I'm doing is I'm putting a little bit in or the injector is putting a little bit in less than what they would put in for full to make you frozen. And this way, what it does is the way you get these lines is from, you know, moving your eyebrows, lifting your eyebrows, putting your eyebrows together. And over time, this constant movement of the muscle is what's causing these deep lines. So if I can get you to stop moving your eyebrows, even like half as much, or, you know, get like make you when you do lift your eyebrows, it doesn't create as deep lines over time. um, You won't get these deep lines that then become there at rest. So if I can prevent the movement, then that's like preventative Botox. And after time, if you don't have Botox, you're going to continue to lift your eyebrows. And then eventually you'll have these really deep lines. And then I'm trying to not only minimize your movement and get rid of it by the time you're 30, 40, I'm also trying to like erase lines that have been there. Mm -hmm. So someone will come for Botox. It's their first time. They're 40 years old. Like, oh my gosh, I have these really deep lines. And then after one treatment, they're like, why aren't they gone? I'm like, you've been making these movements for 40 years like one time isn't going to get rid of it. So would that person need filler to fill the lines and then Botox or no, that's not how it works. No. So yeah, like on your forehead, I would never put filler there. Um, Some people will, if they have like a deep line, I just, I won't do that just for like safety reasons, but I would never put filler in your forehead lines. Essentially what you have to do is continue to make them frozen at that point you want that person to be frozen because you don't want them making that movement that's causing those lines so eventually after maybe like six months a year of no longer making the eyebrow movement that's causing those lines you're hoping the lines will go away um but sometimes they won't if you wait too long like especially like these crow's feet like on the side of your face if you come and you're like 40 50 sometimes they're just too deep and no matter how much i freeze that muscle and make you stop making that movement they just won't go away unfortunately and that's where some people will put filler on the crow's feet to kind of help that but I think preventive Botox is great because it's so much easier to then when you are 30 or 40 just kind of maintain what you have than trying to like erase years of you know what's been done that's so good to know (laughs) 
Yeah. Even if you just do a little bit and you don't have to do it. I know you asked, I forgot to answer that part of your question. You have to keep doing it. Like, it's not, I tell people, it's not like blood pressure medication where like, if you don't take Mm. your blood pressure medication, like you're going to have a stroke and you're going to have this, like, that's not the case. You're just going to have lines on your forehead. If you like, don't want the lines on your forehead, then yeah, you should probably do it forever. If you have had like a wedding coming up and you don't Mm. want lines, you can do it before the wedding. And then after the wedding, if they come back and you don't care, then, you know, yeah. whatever, nothing's going to happen to you. You're just going to get lines back. That's all. Yeah. Is it a myth or truth? Cause I've heard this before that if you have Botox mm-hmm. at an early age and you keep like kind of topping it up every, like, let's say like mm-hmm. six months, um, cause you're not moving those muscles. Will the mm-hmm. muscles atrophy? Mm-hmm. Like, will you lose muscle mass in your forehead? Is that true or false? It's true. So like, I think you probably notice it, or at least I notice it a lot with people. They'll come in and they're like, I just want to do like the upper part of my forehead and not do like in between my eyebrows. And I always tell people like, okay, that's fine. But I think eventually you're going to have to start doing maybe like a little bit in between your eyebrows. Cause what's going to start happening is these muscles are going to become weak and they're going to become flat. And then these muscles are going to still be strong. And you're going to almost, you might, might've seen it on people or they look like they have like a little bump here. Um, and that's from these muscles being like frozen and flat and these muscles never being injected. And they're just look like they're like protruding. So I always say, if you, these lines don't bother you, that's fine, but you should still always be putting like a little bit in there. If you're fully treating like the upper part of your forehead, because yeah, it's true. If you're not using a muscle, it's going to get weaker and atrophy. That is like kind of scary to think about mm. though. Like, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So what, this is a bit but they'll, you'll never too. like. It, yeah, it's never gonna. I don't know. It's never. Like, gonna am I gonna go have a saggy away. forehead? Yeah, no, no, no. Like <laughs> that's what I'm picturing. No, no, yeah, no. It's not like if you lose weight and you have like saggy skin under like your arms. No, it's not like that. You won't have like it won't go away completely, but it will just be disproportionate to the other muscles. I would say, and also if you do start young, like I said, preventive Botox or baby Botox is actually sometimes better because by the time you're 50, you might need so much Botox at that point because your body's mm. like, okay, now I'm used to this much. I need more. Now I'm used to this much. Like I have some people that have been doing it since they're 25 and they went like all in, in the beginning, like I want to be frozen. And now at like 55, they still want to be frozen and they need like so much more to achieve that. It's doable, mm. but they just need more. This is, That's I'm crazy. learning so much. This I know. Is- one yeah, of the things I know there is a lot to it, which I feel like people don't always realize. Don't know. Yeah, no, completely. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Barry? Because I feel like it's it's almost like kind of like a taboo thing to like talk mm-hmm. about and like I think especially like in the age of like Instagram filters yeah, and stuff like perfection. that, like perfectionism and are we setting like an unrealistic ideal of beauty mm-hmm. and stuff like that? And like I'm gonna be really honest and say that like I I just think like, if you want to do it, you Mm. do it. And I think that there's also something really powerful of feeling good about yourself and your skin and looking in the mirror and feeling confident. And I never, like, Mm. I'm an advocate, not an advocate, but like, if you want to get plastic surgery, get plastic surgery. If you like, I'm not that kind of person who's sitting there being like, this is an unrealistic beauty. Like I do like, yeah, I get it. I think as long as people are like honest about their procedures, like if someone says like, oh my God, like, how can I ever look like you? And you're just like, yeah, this is like natural. Like, I don't think that's okay. But if you're like, oh, thank you so much. I actually had 
I, I haven't, but if like, I'm like, oh, I had a nose job and I have Botox. I, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it feels weird. Uh-huh. Like there's, there's two sides of the mm-hmm. argument isn't there. Like, well, I think mm-hmm. like when it's coming from a place of like, oh, you know, um, I'm just trying to think of an example. Let's say lips, for instance, like big lips are more fashionable now, aren't they? Right. Like it wasn't a thing when I was growing up. It wasn't cool to have big lips. And now like everyone wants more plumper lips. And I think if you're going to get filler because you feel pressure to fit in with that look, that's very different to, you know, going in to get a bit of filler or Botox or whatever it is just to give yourself a little bit of a boost and you're not going crazy and you're not completely like changing your face it's more of like an insecurity that you know you can address by just having a little bit of Botox or a little bit of filler that's my opinion anyway yeah no I agree with that I completely agree I think part of the reason why I love what I do is because when I get a you know a text or a picture from someone like oh my god I you know, look amazing, or I feel so happy, or Mm -hmm. I felt so confident on my wedding day or this or whatever it is, just to give someone that confidence, it like, it makes me so happy. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I, you know, gave them that Mm -hmm. that makes me feel good. I think if it's going to make someone feel good on the inside, it's going to make them feel better about themselves, then hell yeah, they should do it. I think like you said, if they're doing it, because they think, Oh, Kylie Jenner has this or Mm -hmm. Oh, this is going to make me cool. If they feel pressured to do it, then I think, yeah, that's a bad idea. And like, for me as an injector, if you are my patient, you came to me, I would say, okay, I hold up a mirror. I say, you tell me what Mm -hmm. you don't like or what you see. Cause if sometimes someone's like, well, tell me what you think. And I'm like, oh, well, I noticed this line here. Maybe you never noticed that line on your chin. And now I just gave you an insecurity (laughs) that you didn't even know you had. So I feel like I always tell people, like, tell me what you don't like or show me what you're seeing. And then if they're like, oh, I have this line here. I'm like, honestly, so I'll tell people, like, I think that's in your head. There is nothing wrong with it. If you want to correct it, we can. And then sometimes if I think someone has, you know, a really deep line or something, then I think it's also like, like, I'll fill it for them, obviously, and I'll help them. And, you know, if it's going to make them feel good. But I think it's also about like setting realistic expectations. Like don't tell someone, okay, I'm going to put this fill on your face and you're going to walk out looking like Kim Kardashian. That's just yeah. like, you know, not realistic. And that's what some people expect. And that's not really how it works. Um, but I think like reality TV and of course, Instagram has done this because you're watching reality TV, like the Kardashians. I love housewives. So Same. you see these women that it's supposed to be real and yeah. they have flawless face, flawless skin. Yeah. Like, And one, it's filtered. And two, they are probably spending so much money on injections and, you know, probably getting facials every week, all of that stuff. But it's what we like perceive as real and natural. And I think that, you know, it makes us feel like, oh my God, they just wake up and look like this. Like, no, Mm -hmm. they've been in hair and makeup for hours and, you know, they have filters on and whatever Mm -hmm. that is. So I think it's like setting realistic expectations for people as well. Like that's yeah. what I think is a big part of my job. I agree. And also just telling people like, yeah, like you can't be perfect. Um, I think if anyone wants to be perfect, then a lot of times I'll just say sense. like, I don't think, yeah, we're not going to work well together just yeah. because, you know, you can't really strive for perfection. Do you ever um, get people who walk through your doors and you're like, I need to like hand you like a therapist number? Like, does that? Oh, like- Yeah. Oh my gosh, for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of people like that, especially in New York City. And it's also like a lot of things, I don't know, like sometimes I'll tell them, you know, I think that, 
you know, you look great. We can try to work a little bit, but sometimes it's just like not the conversation like I'm going to have with someone if I think mm-hmm. you like need therapy. Um, yeah. but no, cause it's such like a, a crossroads between like your image yeah. and your mental health. And sometimes mm-hmm. like different insecurities or anxieties present themselves in different ways. And, you know, for a lot of people that means like changing their appearance when maybe like as a, as a practitioner, you know, that's probably not the best course of treatment for them. Right. No. And it, there is a fine line because at the end of the day, I still am a nurse. I still am a nurse practitioner. And that actually came up in our training, like what to do if you think, you know, this is a little bit borderline, like a mental health disorder or problem. Um, but that is like, it's, that's pretty rare. I would say, I would say that's most of my know, patients actually. are people that are just doing this for like, yeah, for I like confidence. Yeah. I was going to say, I guess that happens more with plastic surgery. Yeah. yeah. Just some that's really true. Fellows. But I think it's interesting what you said about like having that baseline expectation, mm-hmm. because it is like, you know, I can name so many reality stars that I won't, but like, again, I'll just <laughs> use <please> lips. Do. <laughs> I'll just use the lip thing as an example that like they had lips that like let's say look like mine that are like obviously normal or whatever normal is thinner than you know most people might like and then they keep going back for more and more and they want it bigger each time and then yeah look so far from what they did before and it was probably like the first or second time it was like okay great they look quite you know plumper Mm -hmm. than they did but they just go so so far with it Yeah. And that's why I think it's so important to have like a practitioner that you trust. I think a lot of people will just go to whoever's the cheapest or whatever is the best deal. But I think like you really want to find someone you have a good connection with. You Mm -hmm. have the same ideal or same, you know, like picture in your head of what you want. If you come to me and you're like, I want everything tight and frozen and big. I'm going to say like, I just don't think we'll work well together because that's Mm -hmm. just not how I practice. I think what I do just won't make you happy. And I think that you know, as someone who you, if you want like a minimalist, you want to look natural, don't go on Instagram and find the Mm. person who's posting these huge lips that they're doing and then expect to go in there and come out with like nice, cute little lips. Like that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. So I think it's also just work, like who you work well with, but I've had like people, like I have had friends that have been so nervous to do Botox or filler. And then after they do it, they're like, Oh my God, it's the best thing ever. Like (laughs) I have to tell all my friends, I have to tell everyone to do it. And I'm like, that's how it should be though. Like it shouldn't be so taboo. It should be like, this is amazing. This yeah. is great. Like, I, like, like, bad, said, I agree like, with it, what you it said. It does fade. Yeah. Like, and I feel like it shouldn't be taboo. Like what Barry was saying before, like you have to hide it. Like, oh, this is all natural. Mm. Like, Cause then it makes people feel like, oh, like is, should I not be sharing or should I not be mm. doing it? Is it something I should be embarrassed about? Where I feel like, no, if it's going to make you confident and feel good in your skin, then you should a hundred percent do it. And you shouldn't be doing it for your boyfriend or your friends. Like you should be doing yeah. it for okay. yourself. I agree. Okay. I'm like, there's a whole big thing on Instagram where like, oh, like you shouldn't use filters and like unfiltered. And it's just like, look, like mm-hmm. that's great. If you can show up like on your Instagram stories, unfiltered, I can't, cause I don't have the confidence to do that. So I'm going to put a filter on. It's going to make me feel slightly mm-hmm. better. I'll show up. It says that I'm using a filter. So mm-hmm. like, I don't, like everyone knows it. Right. Like, I'm not never going to deny it, but like, I think it's unrealistic to think that everyone is okay to embrace, you know, natural skin all the time. Like yeah. not everyone's blessed with nice skin. Like, 
But I remember when you said as well, Barry, like either I put on a shitload of makeup and do a story yeah. or I put a filter on. Like the yeah. filter is so right. much easier. Yeah. Like, and which one am I going to do? my natural, like 100%. how I look. Um, and like, but yeah. it's one of those things, like I, I definitely like being so honest, like when I go to America this summer, like I do want to get Botox, but like, do I want to walk out of that room? Like looking like, I don't know, I can't think of anyone, but like, do I want to look like I'm like frozen in time? No, I want it to look natural. Exactly what mm. you said, Emily. Like I want it to, mm. you know, prevent those really deep creases. Like I know that I have that in my genetics. Like I, I can look at my, you know, parents and grandparents and I know that, you know, it's coming. Um, mm-hmm. So like that does appeal to me to, to have a bit of the prevention, but like, I'm not embarrassed to admit that. And like, I feel mm. like once everyone just like is open and honest and admits it, then like, yeah. it's no longer like we, I don't know how to explain it. And no, I get, I completely get what you're saying. And it's you're literally saying. irrelevant to me, whether or not someone else wants to do it or doesn't want to do it. You know, it's right. We're speaking from a point of view where like we f- would feel comfortable in the future and more confident by having Botox or filler and you know if uh, if Barry if you were like it's really not for me like I'm really enjoying this conversation but I will never have it it, like I'd be like great like I don't really care (laughs) like I'm glad thinking about me (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just as bad though to shame someone and be like oh you did that do that like that's so like who are you to say that oh you don't do it you want to look up like, yeah exactly like, all right let that <laughs> who cares <laughs> that's terrible but I'm just kidding but <laughs> you know, like my nana is 80 um she's probably listening to this as well actually um <laughs> hi nana but she has incredible skin she's never like never had anything done no no plastic surgery no fillers no botox anything like that she looks incredible and i'm like good for you like amazing mm-hmm. um but yeah it is something i would probably do yeah yeah and i hate when people are like oh can you like if i'm doing i love doing botox parties because i think it's like the best energy so, it's so all, american yeah i'm with yeah so american it's like all women usually sometimes men but usually like all women friends together like hanging out being like oh my god you get Botox oh my god you look so great oh my god like it's just like a fun environment and no one's hiding it no one's ashamed like we're playing music people are drinking wine champagne it's like obviously not me because I'm working but it's like a, a great environment it's so much fun and like it's so empowering and I hate when people are like oh can you come like later like I don't want my boyfriend to be home or will it be like go away I don't want my boyfriend to know I'm like who are they to mm, tell yeah. you like or when boys are like oh you shouldn't do that I'm like, let them just stick to what they know best and just do what you want. They have no idea. And I feel like half the time, so many people are like, oh, he didn't even notice. Or, oh, he like actually thought I'd look crazy and then I end up looking great. I feel like that's almost 100% of the time what ends up happening. Yeah. I mean, my dream is to have it and no one ever notice and just think I'm Mm -hmm. that flawless. (laughs) Exactly. Well, it's definitely possible. (laughs) I love that. I have one more question. Um, I know we've yeah. been talking for ages, but like, do you, do you see a lot of men? Like, I'm, I'm just interested to, to know, like, mm-hmm. are, that's is, a good question. Actually. Like, are they more secretive yeah. about it? Yeah. I think men probably are definitely more secretive about it. Um, I think a big thing now is the zooming and everyone's seeing, this is what I get so much. People are coming like, Oh my God, I look on zoom and I see these lines or I see these bags. Oh, and interesting. I think a lot of, 
Yeah. Like it's huge right now. And a lot of men are working from home Mm. and see themselves on zoom. I think that's huge. And in New York, especially it's like actually kind of sad, but there's a lot of like ageism with jobs and a lot of older men who feel like they need to look younger to get their job or keep their job. Um, yeah, which is crazy. Cause as women, like, I mean, I've never really thought about like ageism in terms of like having a job or keeping a job, Mm. but for men, it's apparently like a huge thing, especially in New York city. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, definitely majority of my like clients are women. Um, but yeah, we do see a lot of men. I think especially in New York, everyone's like obsessed with how they look. So it's yeah. definitely whether you're male, yeah. female, whatever it is. I'd love but to know think, like the stats in LA as well. I feel like LA is huge for this. Oh, I'm sure LA is probably more equal yeah. with boys and like males and females just because, you know, everyone's like acting and modeling and yeah, true. whatever there. And it's more of like a chill Vibe like laid there, back like yeah yeah like whatever goes <laughs> yeah yeah um sorry one more question before we <laughs> no, let you please. go I'm so I sorry I could literally uh, talk about this all day so okay please, great like... we'll have to get you back yeah um, yeah are there any risks or is one more risky than the other like Botox versus filler yeah. like what what should people know if they are maybe mm-hmm. a bit worried or they're diving in too quickly yeah. and making or the like, decision that they're gonna have it what like if, if there's like certain health conditions that mm. people have like what should they like I don't know you you got yeah no, I, mean, <laughs> I think that it's like especially if you're going to a good person not someone off the street which we keep coming back to <laughs> you're hoping they know what they're doing so you want to feel safe when you're walking in there I would hope anyone who comes to me like has confidence that I know what I'm doing. Um, and I feel that way. I feel confident if there's ever something I'm like, I don't feel comfortable doing, I will see that. Um, but there really aren't a lot of risks, risks if the practitioner knows what they're doing with Botox, of course they can, you have to know where the muscle is on the face. I have to be able to see it on you. That's why I always do like a consultation before and I'm making sure I'm injecting into the muscle. If I miss part of the muscle or I inject below the muscle, that's when you can get like a crazy eyebrow or an Mm -hmm. eyebrow that hangs like really low. Um, but like I said, it's not permanent. It will wear off. Of course you can have bruising. If you're someone that has like a clotting, um, deficiency or like a clotting problem, or you take aspirin or like blood thinners, it's not like a contraindication. It's not like you can't get it, but you should be careful and know that you probably will bruise, especially if you get filler, the filler needle is a little bit bigger and goes deeper. Um, so you probably will bruise at the end of the day, like I'm putting needles in your face. So you Mm. probably will have like some marks and some Mm. bruising. I try to like minimize that. You can take like Arnica. You can buy that over the counter. Um, You can take that. Yeah. There's like an oil and there's tablets you can take that helps with bruising. I always tell people if you're going to get filler, try to take it like every day, five days before you come and see me. And that helps a lot. Um, of course, if you like drink, you know, a bottle of wine and then come and see me, like you might have bruising, um, but nothing that's like dangerous. And then with filler, of course, like I said before, there are some risks, but if your injector knows what they're doing, you'd be fine. But like potentially you could, you know, inject into a blood vessel, which is not good. Have what's called an occlusion. That's kind of like an emergency, not kind of, that is an emergency. So that's not good. Um, but same thing, just like bruising, Um, it's always, it's normal in the beginning for it to be like a little lumpy, a little uneven, but I always tell people like they text me freaking out. Oh my God, I have all these lumps in my lips. It will go away. It's normal. It's usually like a week or two. You have to give it to like settle. Um, 
but those are really like the only risks. If you were getting Botox today, if let's say we were doing it today, I would just tell you like, don't sweat excessively for the rest of the day. Um, don't go on like a hot sauna for a few days, no, like intense facial massage. Like I wouldn't go to the face gym or mm. get a facial. I would wait, but like cleaning your face, putting moisturizer on, putting makeup is fine. People always ask me like, I'm going away. It's fine to fly. Um, like you can go on an airplane. You can travel. That's a funny one that like people think they can't fly yeah. after getting a lot of people are, Yeah. Well, they're doing it probably for like a wedding or, you know, a Got trip it. or something. And they're like, I'm going to fly, but I will. This is like the biggest thing. People will come in and be like, Oh my God, I have a wedding like this weekend, can you do something? And it's always like, no, like if you know you have an event that you want Botox or filler for go like a month out because Mm -hmm. one, you want it to settle Two, Botox can take like 10 days to two weeks to fully settle and get full results. If you have a wedding this weekend, I'm not going to give you Botox. It's not going to do anything. It takes like a week to two weeks to even see results. That's so so interesting. So So it's not instant. No filler is but okay. um, Botox isn't. So for anyone listening, if you're like, Oh, I have a wedding, like do it before. And like, what if there's a mistake or something happens, you want to have time to be able to fix it. That's always what <laughs> I tell people too. Like, if you have like a wacky eyebrow, you don't want like, to show up to your own wedding with oh my God. like looking my. crazy. Yeah. Um, but actually they're both reversible. There's Botox. I mean, Botox isn't really reversible. You have to just wait for it to wear off. Um, but filler, there is something that's called Hylinex. We can put it in dissolve the filler if someone's like Mm. really unhappy and should you pay because you can literally get botox slash fillers from anything like to 100 to 500 pound per Mm -hmm. whatever your measurement is should you Mm -hmm. pay more the more expensive one does that Mm -hmm. equal quality or yeah i mean it's like oh that's a tough question i think that if you're going on groupon i don't know if you guys have groupon but if you're going and getting like a deal online that says you know, $2 a unit, which most places in oh New York God. city will charge four to 20. So, um, 14 to 20, excuse me. Wow. Um, then you should know they're probably watering it down. So essentially like what Botox Dyspor, but all these things are, is it's a little bottle that comes with a powder. And then the practitioner, which would be me, the doctor, whatever puts essentially like a water, it's like a solution and we put it in and depending how much we put in is how strong we make it. So I can make it, if I think you're someone that has like really strong, you know, muscles, you're going to need a lot. I can make the dilution stronger. So, you know, it'll be stronger when I put in your face, put less liquid in it. If I want to water it down and make a lot of Botox and make a lot of it and, you know, make it really weak, then I can, you know, charge $2 a unit because that same bottle is now I can use for 10 people where if I'm making it stronger, that same bottle, I can only use on like two or three people, if that makes sense. Yeah. 100%. So like be yeah, wary so, of a deal. Yes. Be very wary. Yes. Cause they're probably watering it down. And then some people will just overcharge just because they're famous on Instagram, but also yeah. be wary of that in New York. We get, there's this one doctor, not going to name names. She's like <laughs> famous on Instagram. And I cannot tell you at least once a day in my place I go to in this, I work at in the city, we have someone come in because they need like something that was done by her fixed. Wow. So, yeah. So just because people are good on social media doesn't always mean they're good. Like read reviews. And I think it's just, yeah, about location. I don't always think price is necessary and different products cost different amounts. That's also good to know. Like Disport Mm. should technically be cheaper than Botox. 
just because you need less of it. It's not because one's better than the other or one's worse than the other, but Dysport's a little bit stronger. The dilution's a little bit different. The amount of units I'm giving you as a practitioner is a little bit different. So when people always like ask me questions like, oh, I went to this lady and she gave me 20 units. I'm like, okay, well, did she water it down? Was Mm -hmm. it Botox? Was it Dysport? And they're like, I don't know. So it's hard when you're trying to compare as someone who doesn't, you know, have an educational background in this. Like for me, I always tell my patients, just like, trust me, I'm going to give you the amount you need, the strength you need it. And then if there's an issue, we can always, you know, touch it up. So to just say like, oh, I had 20 units at this last place. Like some people become so obsessed with the amount that they're getting, which I would Mm -hmm. tell people like, don't get obsessed over that. Just trust the person that's, you know, providing the service because believe it or not, there is a lot of training and a lot of like science behind this. Mm. And it actually is like a little bit more complicated than just like putting a needle in someone's Mm. face. Which one's more expensive, um, Botox or filler? Usually filler. Um, It's actually crazy. A syringe of filler, at least the place I used to work at, it can cost anywhere in New York City, at least from like six to $1,200. And Jeez. it's, I think it's like a quarter or I forget a quarter or an eighth of a teaspoon for a syringe. It looks like a lot, but the amount that you put into your face is so little. And I know what they pay for it and they're making so much money on it. Oh my God. But I can it's just like, yeah, it's just like a luxury. So, and filler usually, yeah, is a little bit more expensive. Botox but it lasts I think is more longer. Like, yeah. That's what I say. It's more of like an upkeep with the Botox. So it's like a little bit less. Got it. Up like over front. time, it kind of like, yeah, yeah. it probably like evens out. But if you're going today to pay for filler or Botox, you'll probably end up spending more on filler. Got it. Interesting. Oh my God. I've yeah. learned so much. I'm so um, excited yay. to listen back to this episode. I know. With a I little know. And I feel like <laughs> I barely covered, I feel like I could talk about this stuff for days. Oh my God. Amazing. It. Well, if you want to oh, come I back on. Back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I we can just meet up and chat about yeah, it or whatever. <laughs> I'll come Maybe see you, you in New York. America. Yeah. yeah. When when Barry comes. Hundred percent. We've always said we need to do a working wellness tour. Um, but thank <laughs> yeah. you so much, Emily, for coming on. Yeah. Where can everyone find you if they want to like hear more about what you do or if they want to come see you? Oh yeah, of course. Um, I have an Instagram. It's at my Botox Girl. It's funny because it started because every time I was working and someone would be on the phone, I'd come into the room. They'd be like, oh, I have to call you back. My Botox girl's here. So I just like developed into like a name. I was like, oh, I'm the Botox girl. So it just is at my Botox girl, all one word. And like I said, you can find me on Instagram. You can make appointments through there. And then I'm also at Sacred Skincare in NYC. Amazing. Amazing. We'll put that. all in the show notes so people can go follow you and stuff yeah. and thank you yeah. so much and thanks, i miss guys. you and i know i miss you, you. Ah, yes thanks guys it was so nice to meet you bye yes you too hopefully everything goes well with your baby and pregnancy oh, thank you hopefully i'll get to i'll be following in the along future. Yes. thank you great <laughs> bye guys bye. bye thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the forking wellness podcast as always please rate review and subscribe 
and share with your friends if you love this episode it really does help us get seen in the chart you can now also order our forking wellness book anywhere books are sold order it on amazon prime for next day delivery and barnes and noble in america and if you love the book we would so appreciate a review on amazon we absolutely love hearing your feedback and we really hope you enjoy it we'll speak to you guys next week bye